I'm Sarah Capisi from the International Hub team. Welcome. to season two. Over the last couple of months, our team interviewed several MBA and MPA students from around the world to compare and contrast learning styles in different countries. We analyzed our results using seven of eight of Aaron Meyer's culture map dimensions as a framework. Aaron Meyer is a professor of organizational behavior and wrote the book, The Culture Map. Each of the following four episodes will discuss two to three dimensions with one episode focused on belief systems and, well, everything else that we couldn't categorize into a single dimension. In each episode, we will include a discussion of the dimensions, excerpts from our interviews, and business applications. This episode has three parts, focusing on evaluating, disagreeing, and communicating. Evaluating. The evaluating scale has to do with how people prefer to receive negative feedback, directly or indirectly. Generally, those who prefer direct negative feedback want to receive bad news in a straightforward manner, whereas those who prefer indirect negative feedback want criticism sugar-coated or cushioned with compliments. Olivia, an MBA student from Switzerland, Describe the scale in this way. There is, I'm not, I can't quite remember how you call it, but there is, you know, countries that are very indirect when they speak, especially Eastern Asian countries. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so Eastern Asian is very indirect, very smooth. Sometimes you don't even know what they're saying because they're just saying it in a, such a hidden way. And... And then if you come down at some point, there's there's um, the United States and they are they're rather direct. Right. Usually they, they, they mean what they say. Um, but then if you go even lower, one of the lowest, so the most direct are are the Swiss. So um, I sometimes find myself you know, being too direct here uh, in this country. Um, and I just realize I, I need to adapt. And, and I try and it just, I think it just takes time. And then all of a sudden you, you, you once you're aware and then you can make these changes one by one. Yeah. So what would you recommend then for maybe someone from the U.S. going to Switzerland as far as communication? Say what you mean and don't be offended if, if you feel like someone's just being too direct to you. Not long ago, I had a professor who is known amongst students for her incredibly direct way of giving feedback, which some people found to be too harsh. Later in the semester, we came to find out that the professor was raised by German parents, and the way that she was raised affected how she taught us. On the relative evaluating slash negative feedback scale, Germany sits on the far left-hand side under direct negative feedback whereas the U.S. sits right in the middle of the scale. Most American students are used to having negative feedback slightly cushioned by positive compliments or euphemisms, whereas most Germans prefer blunt, honest feedback. Once I came to understand why our teacher gave such direct negative feedback, I, 
and many of my classmates were much more understanding of her because we knew that she cared about us, regardless of her blunt feedback. Consider this business example shared by Robert Carlyle, who we interviewed in season one. I remember one specific instance when one of the urologists asked me to review his response to a paper he was asked to review, and I never got got it done because a whole bunch of things came up. Of course, that's not an excuse, but I remember that he, instead of coming out and saying, you didn't do what I asked you to do, he said, I'm, he wrote me this letter that said, I'm so sorry to have bothered you and burdened you with this task that was not possible for you to uh, do, and I'm sorry to cause you so much burden. And I understood reading between the lines that he was saying, you know, you didn't do what I asked you to do, and I thought you'd help me. But I understood that what the letter said and what the message was was different. And I felt very bad about that. So, why is the evaluating scale useful for business professionals? Aaron Meyer suggests that regardless of where employees come from, effective employees generally want to know what they can do to improve. They want constructive criticism, but often differ in how they prefer to receive that criticism. The ability to give negative feedback in the right way will greatly enhance employee motivation and the success of a team. Now, on to communicating. The two ends of this relative scale are low context and high context, referring to the amount of information that is explicitly communicated rather than implicitly. In high-context cultures, listeners are often required to, quote, read between the lines because of the many levels of nuance. In contrast, low-context cultures often prefer simple, clear messages with little room for interpretation. Countries such as the United States of America, Australia, and Canada sit on the low-context end of the spectrum, whereas countries like Japan, China, and India are on the exact opposite end, tending to use high-context communication. Many Latin American countries can be found in the middle of the spectrum. Shindi, an MPA student from Japan, described to us his contrasting educational experiences in America and Japan this way. So... I I did my study, I, I went through all the education from elementary school, middle school, high school in Japan, and the difference is I feel like there's less participation in the class um, for the students. Pretty much like it's like a one-way teaching from the teacher to the students. So, um, and the students know, they're trying to um, write the answer what the teacher expects. 
so they're trying to figure it out what the teacher will expect so you know japan is like a harmonized country um i think that's part of the reason they kind of try to guess like what other what other things and try to meet that expectation usually like all the exams are based on the last final exam in japan and so like when i started my graduate program like professor gave out like rubric right the, the rubric matrix and i didn't think that that's gonna really mean it because like i thought he was just saying it he's not gonna never like see all like the participation and everything but mm -hmm. i realized that it really means it <laughs> that rubric <laughs> so from like the second semester i made sure i'm like just mm -hmm. like doing what the rubric says too because in japan it's kind of like big like you're just trying to understand what the teacher says and even he doesn't say it it's like in that in japan there's a saying kuki ga yomenai which literally means unable to read the air yes read the air as in the air we breathe japanese people tend to both speak and listen indirectly Therefore, it is up to each communicator to interpret the layers of nuance within the conversation. When communicating with people from high-context cultures, it is important to remember that you must be able to understand more than just the words coming out of a person's mouth. Just like the story I shared before about Robert Carlyle's experience receiving a letter from a Japanese colleague. As another example, a few years back, I was visiting with a family friend from Japan. During our conversation, I complimented her on her really cute new shoes without thinking much of it. About a week later, when we met up again, she came with a brand new pair of shoes that looked exactly like the pair she had worn. Apparently, my friend had interpreted my compliment to mean, I love your shoes and I want a pair just like it because she was used to the indirect communication used in Japan. She was reading beyond the words that I said. However, as a very low-context communicator, what I really meant was, I think your shoes look nice. Nothing more, nothing less, as I am used to direct communication. Our differing styles of communication led to a significant miscommunication. When communicating with people from different cultures, it's important to be aware of the communication style of the person you're speaking with. Once you know that, you can adjust your communication style to match that of your counterpart. Regarding multicultural teams, Aaron Meyer suggests that these teams use low-context communication. She explains that high-context cultures often differ in interpretation styles. Two Japanese people might communicate beautifully because they both understand and interpret what the other is saying correctly, whereas a Japanese person might completely misinterpret the high-context communication of someone from India. Disagreeing. When considering Aaron Meyer's disagreeing scale, it's important to ask, in this culture, will open disagreement help or hurt relationships? For cultures that are confrontational, disagreement and open opposition can be positive for a team and will not hurt relationships. 
In cultures that avoid confrontation, disagreement would lead to disharmony and negatively impact relationships. Shindi from Japan shared what he learned about an agreeableness study. Uh, I just like read a research on agreeableness, and that says that that that's like a study comparison between um, Japanese and United States, and people who are likely to agree. Um, so it was a study on the agreeableness um, impacting the um, earnings. So if you if you are likely to agree um, in Japan, um, it, it's gonna. Uh, impact your increased salary. On the other hand, um, in United States, that's gonna act as a penalty. Like if you don't kind of share your opinion, if you just like nodding your head and agree, so um, it's not gonna work. But that that's only in like a smaller organization. If you go to like a larger corporations, um, agreeableness like definitely works for both countries because there's a hierarchy there, and you gotta you know. Uh, meet the set of um, expectations of your manager. So, but like in a smaller setting, um, that's definitely um, true. So, what's to be done? How can someone from a confrontational culture work successfully with another person from a culture that avoids confrontation? How can cross-cultural teams successfully debate ideas without hurting relationships? Aaron Meyer gives us the following suggestions. When working with cultures that tend to avoid confrontation, you can consider, quote, skipping the meeting, depersonalizing disagreement by separating ideas from the people proposing them, having smaller, less formal meetings before the actual meeting, avoiding upgraders like absolutely, totally, completely, and employing downgraders like maybe, slightly, or partially, end quote. She also suggests as a caution, try to avoid being too confrontational when trying to adjust to communicating styles in a culture that's more confrontational than yours, especially if you are not aware with the nuances between what is acceptable and what is not. In all international business interactions, It's important to remember and apply the topics spoken of today, evaluating, communicating, and disagreeing. Thanks for listening. Join us next week as we learn about two more of Aaron Meyer's culture map dimensions, persuasion and scheduling. For more information about global business and culture, visit www.internationalhub.org and be sure to subscribe to our podcast.